Welcome to the Beer Healer Shortcuts. You know, when I have these conversations, quite often there's a little tidbit here and there that gets thrown onto the cutting room floor, which might actually be of interest to some people, but they tend to go nowhere. Other times, there might be a new beer being released or a new brewery being opened, or perhaps one of the listeners has had an amazing beer experience that they just need to share with the listeners. These are great reasons to have a conversation, but they aren't usually enough to fill a typical 30 to 60 minute episode, but there is still some great stuff in there. If you are a brewery, a sales rep, a brewer, or just a fan, the Beer Healer Shortcuts is the place where your fun, interesting, and informative tidbits have a home. So let's get into another Beer Healer Shortcut. Joining me on this Beer Healer Shortcut is Spark Change Beverage Company co-founder, flavorist, and highly awarded winemaker, Rose Kentish. Among other things, sustainability has been at the core of the company values for Spark, and this month they've upped the ante even more so, releasing a beer that celebrates the eco-warriors, the thinkers, the dreamers, a 100% natural, 100% vegan, carbon-neutral IPA. Welcome aboard, Rose, and congratulations. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. So it's absolute pleasure. Um, just trying to get these beer healer shortcuts up and running. So thanks for, for agreeing to have a chat about this. Now, I just want to know, so this is a new Australian-style IPA that you've released. How did the beer come about? Uh, we've been thinking a lot about the future of brewing in Australia, uh, the future of brewing international, partic- internationally, particularly as a at the, the craft brewing end of the spectrum of brewing which is our our love and passion. And we just have always been very conscious about the the expense to our planet and the expensiveness of a lot of the raw ingredients and certainly the way that craft has been going and and everyone's been a part of this approach and it's what's exciting from a flavour perspective is to just reach out worldwide and access the the finest, the funkiest, the most interesting uh, com- components. So whether that be uh, malted barley or wheat or, or whatever particular um, grist bill you want to build in a beer, and then on top of that, you know, obviously there's a there's a whole world selection of hops as well. Um, and you know, I think by doing that, you learn a lot about flavour. You learn about a lot about the different beers from around the world and the cultural aspect of what's delicious with food or all those kind of things. Um, but for our company, we've really done a lot of thinking in the last 12 months, um, certainly in the light of COVID, but also it's very much part of the values of our company um, to be really putting the good back into the alcohol industry. And um, part of that for us was also our responsibility to the planet. And so we were really thinking a lot about the carbon footprint of everything we're doing and what our responsibility is as a company to to the planet and to try and really um, make some different decisions around how we're selecting raw ingredients and also the kind of brews that we can create when we put natural um a boundary around our selection process. So when the world's your oyster, you can go and make crazy, wacky, exciting beers all day, every day. Um, when you start to put some limitations on yourself, and for us, our limitation 
is a result of actually making a decision as a company that by 2025 we would be carbon neutral as a business, which means starting to act now on how we think about selecting our raw materials and and creating absolutely delicious brews that are environmentally responsible in how we source, how far away the ingredients have to travel, um, every aspect of, of the component tree, if you like. So every aspect of the raw materials through to the packaging, through to how far people have to travel to get to work to create those brews, all those kind of things. We've started tracking and and really understanding this process um, in order to create initially uh, one brew to really understand it and unpack it and see what what the impacts might be, um, not only on can we make a delicious brew just with ingredients as close to home as possible, a delicious IPA was our, our t- task that we set ourselves, but then on top of that, um, can we actually use this filtered approach in terms of setting guidelines for ourselves and then applying that to all the brews that we make. And that's the journey that we're on at the moment. So we've we've just made one one brew, the Carbon Zero Hero IPA, and we're now looking across how we reach out across our whole range and which things are relevant moving forward that we can adjust and change and what new beers we might create. So we've got some really exciting new beers coming under this spectrum of carbon zero and and really to move forward as a body of work that is definitely very respectful of the planet and very much allows us to be on our journey to be carbon neutral in the next five years. That is amazing. I love it when I get a guest on and they can just uh, give me the whole story. I can just sit back, <laughs> relax and, and listen. That, that is fantastic. But so for me, you know, I'm far from a carbon um, expert in this in this regard. Um, I find it a little bit hard to understand the calculations behind how much carbon is used in, say, offsetting a four-pack of, of craft beer. I'm wondering if there's a dummies kind of thing because as I understand it, you're effectively – by selecting those suppliers of of your raw ingredients and all those you know logistics all that sort of stuff, you're effectively inheriting the sins, if you like, of those suppliers, yeah. and then you then have to take that on board and and offset them effectively. Is that is that right? Yeah, there's an element of who you select and then what's already been created in terms of carbon by by the products that you've selected. So you're absolutely yep. right. So for us, we looked, we made a decision when we wrote the recipe uh, for the IPA and we're taking the same approach now across the other brews is ultimately what makes a delicious brew in that style, what is grown as close as possible to our brewery so that we can minimise the carbon impact by bringing the the grain in, bringing the hops in, bringing the yeast in, et cetera. And and I'll talk very closely about what we've done with the IPA as an example, if you like. But we look at um, not, so it's a com. It's a combination of two things. It's not only changing our behaviour, but it's also so our behaviour as a brewery based on which raw materials we choose to work with. So we can we can minimise or significantly reduce our carbon footprint if we are choosing high quality ingredients that are grown close to home. 
um, and home being the brewery. Um, and so that's one way is changing behaviour. And then the other way is then um, the carbon, paying the carbon uh, credit for uh, for the impact that you have had. So <clears throat> there's two aspects to it. And we're using, um, we've, we've been, this is a learning journey for us as a company as well. So we have um, a person in our team, Ryan White, who uh, is tasked with really breaking down, understanding and tracking the information. And then um, we're working with some technology to help us actually calculate and track. And then we've got some mentorship from some of the most experienced people in this space in Australia that we've um, brought in to mentor and advise. And in the end, we are, as Spark, creating a system of calculation and of tracking, calculating, tracking and paying forward um, the impact that we're having through our brewing process. And we intend to create a scorecard for ourselves. So we're on this journey. We haven't finished the scorecard process yet, Um, but we're going to create a scorecard and we're actually going to communicate that very openly. And what we're hoping is that while we're learning and going through this process, which is massive and often a process only really big companies can can afford to do, whereas we're we're trying to use and and use the, the skills of the people in our business and bring in skills where we're learning to try and develop our own knowledge around how to do this. And again, Spark has always had such a global vision that if we can do it, then everyone can do it. So if we as a small business can achieve this um, both as a a knowledge space, but also to share that to help other people also be part of the carbon neutral process and we're doing really good work awesome. with our goal to um, put the good back into the alcohol industry. I love it. It's, this is not something you're jumping into half-heartedly, is it? Because this is no. a significant cost in actually setting all of this up. There's a huge cost in setting it up and um, there's also the preparedness to change our recipes to accept yes. um, and 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 seek out people who are who are growing excellent um, barley here in South Australia, people who are propagating their own yeast, which we are helping them get their business to commercialisation stage that they're doing incredible things with yeast and, and we're part of that journey with them. The same with hops and being able to access hop flowers from the Adelaide Hills as well as some hot pellets that uh, come from, say, Victoria, and 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 in that process, then paying the carbon uh, footprint of sourcing things like the hot pellets from Victoria that yeah. are from further away because we've looked locally and we can't access that raw material here. So that's what I mean about some of some of it's about change. Have you thought that maybe you could grow your own hops? Um, so, so they, from a, from a climate perspective, we need, um, you know, certainly hops grow better in Tassie and Victoria from a climate perspective and obviously other, other cooler parts of the world. South Australia is the, the, the warmest state and the warmest continent in the world. So not really, (laughs) not really conducive. And, and having said that, you know, this little parcel of hops that's been grown in the Adelaide Hills is so beautiful and we're really delighted to be working with them because they're drying their hop flowers and we're able to um, access them. So the more we do that, the more we hope we're supporting, you know, 
hopefully the growth of that industry within the Adelaide Hills, which I think is a nice, cooler parcel within South Australia that can work from a climate perspective. But, yeah, you're right, it's absolutely a deep values-led decision around um, creating creating products that reflect the values of our company and in a way that actually is meaningful and um, that we're learning so much and that we're actually prepared to share what we learn and show that so that other companies can um, really, really think about uh, how they might want to get on board or how they might want to adjust what they're doing to minimise their carbon footprint. Oh, it's it's absolutely fantastic. And from a consumer perspective, you have made a really, really delicious beer. Um, as I said, Australian IPA, six and a half percent. So I mean, I'm I'm absolutely in awe of everything you've gone through to get to this point. It's it's fantastic. But I think all of that would be would be useless effectively if you didn't produce an amazing beer. And you've also done that as well as having to go jump through all of these hoops to uh, do the right thing uh, by the by the environment, I guess. As I said, carbon zero, 100% vegan, 100% natural. Um, you know, it's, it's tropical fruits, it's guava, papaya, it's dry finished. It's, it's nothing over the top in terms of business. I think it was around about 40 from memory yeah. in the business units and just a beautiful, yeah. you know, easy drinking Australian IPA. It's just... It was, it was magnificent and and beautifully packaged up in the little package you sent to me in its nice little uh, cardboard sleeve. So it, um, yeah, I, I think all as I said, all of this stuff would would be awesome. But if you don't also produce a great beer that's going to allow you to do the next beer and the next beer, all of this might be sort of for nothing. Do you think? Well, not for I nothing. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I mean, the the number one thing is it's delicious, absolutely, and. Um, you know, everyone might as well pack up and go home if if they're not making yes. delicious things for us all to enjoy, right? Yeah. Um, so, so that's our absolutely number one priority, but not not um, n- not in a way that reduces our environment, yes. not yep. in a way that compromises yes. values, and it doesn't have to be one without the other. So, what we're doing as a business is creating delicious beverages but not at the expense of the environment our people our yep. community our planet um and and i think that's a really it sounds um i don't know very sort of from a vision perspective quite light and airy fairy but it's actually at the core of what we do as a company and and if we yep. make our decisions from that context we're going to be making always pointing in the right direction in terms of our values so i'm making in our values are really closely aligned. Um, and as a flavorist, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm all about packing as much flavor in there as possible. And as a company, <laughs> we're interested in making very sessionable brews. So on purpose, we made that IPA with a lower bitterness to be really sessionable and delicious. We really wanted to showcase the malted barley that we sourced from the York Peninsula, um, really close by from the Schilling family. And we wanted to make sure that that was a real hero in this beer. And that's, you know, to really show that multi sweetness was important, but also to finish dry, so it was really sessionable, um, and that you felt yep. like grabbing a second one. So absolutely, and you mentioned the family there that helped you with the um, ingredients. Uh, yes. Of course, you know these sorts of projects, being that this is the first one, they don't come without the support of many people. So, uh, in your case, I believe some of the ingredients were donated to help sort of bring this first one together. Is that right? Absolutely. So um, we've worked very closely with. Um, the barley grower, the um, 
yeast propagator and the hop suppliers, all the hop suppliers, both the flowers and the pellets. So all of the ingredients to start with were uh, donated for a, a small brew. It was um, just in our eight heck uh, brewery in the Whitmore. And um, w- the people showed up, all of those uh, suppliers showed up on the day were part of the brewing. It was a really fantastic day oh, because great. everyone's learning and coming together and seeing what this is about. And we talked to them in the lead up about how this is what we're hoping to be one beer in the beginning of a range that talks very much to carbon neutrality and um, is the future of our business. And if they'd like to come on board, this is the kind of thing we'd like to do. Um, you know, we've made a, a few brews of it since. we. It's been the official beer for Illuminate Festival in Adelaide, which is a major festival that's just on pause for the yep. moment. Um, and we've also had so much interest across on and off premise venues across Adelaide that we've now made a, a subsequent brews to to keep up. We're actually taking orders now because we've we've um, sold more beer than we've made so far. Um, <laughs> so we've got we've got um, uh, a really great response from our, from our community from the from the South Australian community about. The importance of this so both they're loving the taste of it it's delivering on flavor but also it's owning a really important space and it's talking about really important stuff and it's not just greenwashing because we're actually funding uh in the same way that a lot of people choose to do um you know in their businesses in other areas where you will pay the carbon credit we're not only just paying the carbon credit we're not just buying a forest here, for example. We're actually changing our our practices and our selection of raw materials uh, and looking locally, encouraging local producers to, if we can pull their ingredients through and at a higher rate, then they'll be more prosperous and more people will come into the space as producers of hops, of um, malted barley, of yeast, etc etc because there's actually demand for it locally because people are thinking more about what we do locally that's that's high quality and creates delicious brews as i said uh not going into this thing half-hearted it's really great to see and it's as you said it's the start of a a larger plan for for spark beverages to do this across the across the business and you'll see uh if you jump on the website i'll leave a link in the show notes for everybody go and check out a little bit more information about this uh rose thank you so much today for um for joining me on this short medium cut we might call it today um so much information packed into that uh you know 15 or so minutes it's just it's just fantastic to see what you're doing uh you should be congratulated for for going to this effort uh looking after our planet and uh thank you very much for your time today it's a pleasure thanks for having me chris no worries thanks for listening to another beer healer shortcut to help support the show rate review follow or subscribe via your favorite podcast platform especially if you listen on apple podcasts if you've got something that you want to share with the listeners, shoot me a message via my Facebook or Instagram page. Cheers to great beers.